for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Hey, so do you remember a show uh, back in the 90s, I think it was the 90s, called That's So Raven? Do you remember That's I'm So Raven? I'm aware that it existed. Okay. The kid who was like... She was the baby in the Cosby show yes. or something, and she yeah. grew up. Raven Simone, Raven right? Simone, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I did not watch the show either, but I remember the title. I was like, that's a good title. That's a good title for a show because, you know, it, it suggests that whoever Raven is gets into all these hijinks, and that's that's the basis of the show. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up on our little show say. in a moment. Um, but uh, and, and by the way, what's far more compelling is the fact that I, were you a big Cosby Show watcher? Were you of that age? Were you? Uh, there was like must yeah. see TV. I would not like must see, but watched that a lot. I also watched. A, remember, a different world was the oh, spinoff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I watched that one more because that was a little later. It was. I, I was oh, pretty yeah. young when Cosby Show was in its heyday. Yeah, I kind of caught the tail end of it, and then the a different world with uh, Dwayne Wayne. And, yeah, uh, I believe the Raven character was maybe Dwayne. in that. Uh, it's hard to remember. Was that his name Dwayne Wayne? The guy with the glasses. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember. Kadeem Hardison. Yeah, the yeah. glasses. No. Yeah. yeah, I was a big fan of both. Like, I was like five or six, and I remember that, that's the first TV show I remember watching with my parents, like the debut show of The Cosby Show, and it lit the earth on fire. It was like, wow, this is really funny. This is really good. And Bill Cosby's a genius. And, and it was like, we watched, my folks and I, that was like the first show we watched. As a, like, it was appointment every seven o'clock, seven o'clock every night. And then after about five years, Rudy was the cute kid. Rudy was the cute. Sassy kid. She got all the great lines. I remember. She was like five or six, and then by the time she got to twelve or thirteen, she wasn't so cute and funny anymore. And the show's ratings were dipping a little bit because it had been on the air for five years. And so then they brought in. They had the spinoff show that Lisa Bonet left for, and that took a, away the allure because she was hot. Was that a different world? It was a different world. Yeah, yeah. And then so, but the, but they were like, okay, we need a cute kid. We got to bump it back up. We need a we need a revival. And it was yeah, and it was Raven. And I I did not uh, at that point I was like 11 I didn't like her I grew up with Rudy and I was like no that's not Ru- she's trying to be Rudy she's not Rudy there's only one Rudy so anyway uh, I'll get back to why I bring up that okay. so Raven in a moment but I want to congratulate you there's two things I want to congratulate you on first of all Zimmer coast to coast man Cali yeah. to Philly covering the jacks living the life it's uh I could tell by your tweets, it's a glamorous life there. Yeah. The Uber rides from the hotel to Sacramento State Stadium in, in gorgeous, sunny, warm California. It's kind of nice to not be traveling with the team party because I don't have to, you know, go where they say to go and I don't have to get home. They didn't get home till 7 in the morning wow. on Saturday night, Sunday morning, whereas I was sound asleep in my hotel. Yeah. Um, although then I didn't get home till midnight the next night because the only flight I could get out of Sacramento didn't leave till the afternoon. Um, so there's kind of pluses and minuses. It's nice to be on your own, but it's also when you're traveling with the team, it's nice to just be like, you just tell me where to be and I'll be there. And, uh, you know, so, and you know, Hey, California in the wintertime, that'll be fun. I get down there. It looked exactly the same as Sioux Falls. Like I get off the plane. I'm like, am I in North Dakota right now? Like you cannot. It's, 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 it's cloudy. It's, was it cloudy, rainy? and like Cloudy, 50? rainy, and foggy, 50 degrees. My God. Sacramento State's facility sucked. Yeah. It was a Division II facility. Yeah. 
Um, there was nothing cool about yeah. it. My yeah. folks lived in Phoenix for 15 years, and I always cheered for god-awful weather here. When I went down there over Christmas or winter, because right. I'm like, it's only going to be 55 or 60 there. It's not 80, and you're not... Yeah, you're not in your swimsuit all the time. It's 55 or 60 in Phoenix in January 1, so it better goddamn be <laughs> minus 15 here. Because because elsewise, why am I going down there? Right. You know, I don't. But um, yeah, and so uh, there's that. Now you get to go to Philly. You more excited about going to Philly or I uh, Cali? I am. I'm more excited about going to Philadelphia. I've never been there. You got shortchanged on California, so. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to go to California, it's not like you would choose Sacramento, I don't think. Nothing against Sacramento. I didn't really get to see it at all anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, we'll see. Like I was telling you before, the actual stadium campus is in the town of Villanova, which is 20 miles away from Philly, so... I'll have to figure out how I'm going to handle it if I want to actually, you know, my brother insisted that I get a picture on the rocky steps in front of the museum and, yeah. you know, you want to see the Liberty Bell or do whatever the hell there is. I, I don't know. I, I am looking forward to it. I've never been there. I've never really been in the, I, mean, I take that back, I've been to New York City, I've been to Boston, but I've done much more traveling south and west that I have, than I have east. I haven't yeah. made too many trips out to the east coast. Do it. Just go to downtown. Do it. Do it all. Do all those things. We'll First see. time. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Uh, unless you want to save it for a time you want to go to Philly with Jen, but when is ever Philly on anybody's radar? Like She's you, been there. She ran the marathon there. Oh, a few okay. Years ago, so. All right. So what does she care? Yeah. She kind of wanted to come, but it just didn't work out. Uh, by the way, I think there's uh, maybe there are some people wondering. These are Jack's fans that are listening. Uh, what? Why aren't you traveling with the team? Is it because COVID? They not let you? COVID. Okay. Yeah, they just, they st- I'm not allowed. Yeah. I asked, even though I didn't necessarily want to. You, as a vaccinated American, would, would present a threat they just, to their... NCAA has yeah. a certain... Oh, it's the like, NCAA. You're okay. tier one or whatever, okay. you know. Yeah. I, they, I asked them, they're like, yeah, we'd let you, but we can't. You miss traveling with the team? Um, like I said, there's pluses and minuses. It's nice to be around them, get a feel for sort of what's going on and, and sort of see them in their element, get a lot of chance. There's a lot of downtime, so that's when you get to have conversations with coaches that are off the record, and, you know, you get to maybe pick their brains a little bit or get to know them a little bit. And, you know, I've got to meet coaches' wives, players' parents, stuff like that, and, and I place a lot of value on that. But like I said, it's nice to not have to, like, hurry up and finish your story. The bus is leaving, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. You know, I've had to deal with that before. Or it's like, too, do, do so. they go to, the, like, the stadium way earlier than you do and stuff like that? Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, you're getting yeah. to the game four hours before kickoff when you don't need to. That would not be fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's so Raven I bring up because uh, when I saw, and I did not watch the game in full, I was at a function with my husband all evening and uh, and missing football for sure, but uh, I survived. That's that's called married life. I uh, so when I saw the highlights later that night, you know, there's 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 one play that captivated me about this game, and I, I understand it was quite a game with the Jets going way up 24-0, mm-hmm. giving up 19 points, not scoring in the second half, and barely surviving. But the trick play, the Chris Ola Duncan mm-hmm. uh, Oscar-winning performance, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, that was uh, that was like like a fourth and one, and there mm-hmm. he's trying to act like he's freaking out and. Mm-hmm. That was to uh, draw. The, I don't know. Was that to draw them offside? No, or just, just to, to just get to their, get, get, to get take their, their attention away from the backfield. And was that to clinch the victory? Was that a essentially victory to clinching? get the first down? That yeah. Okay, so I thought the first things I thought to my the first three words were that is that's so eck. 
<laughs> that's so Eck. You know, and that's and that's I'm I'm saying that's a mostly good thing. Jason Eck, like that's uh-huh. that's uh, that had to have been his creation. And although I think the Jacks, again, I didn't watch the game up to that point, so I don't know if they were struggling to get this yard or that yard. But like, yeah, you could just do a basic thing, uh, mono e mono, uh, or yeah, just a little trickery because that's so Eck. That's so fun. It's going to work, and uh, why you know why the hell not? And it did work. It did, but it, it, didn't, it, didn't, it. it didn't fool them. I mean, that's not why it worked. It worked because Isaiah Davis is yeah. good, yeah. Uh, and the Jacks O-line is good. Chris deserves a ton of credit for how hard he tried to sell that. Like, he yeah. was the, you know, emotion and fiery, like, throwing his arms and or screaming do- at the top of his lungs, clearly trying to make it look like he was furious. Or does it? Was that overacting? And they were like, there's no way that No, I, I got real. the sense that they weren't buying it at first, so he, like, really was like, okay, I, I, he doubled down and increased the animation um, like when you were watching it, we were like, "Oh yeah, that's 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 that's." They've a run play. that play before. Oh, they and, have. Yes, okay. and I don't remember if it was this year with Chris, or if it was in the past with Gronowski or Jabori Gibbs. I know they've run that play before, because uh, I know I saw it in practice before they ever did it, and it's funny because I, I don't think not trying to take credit away from Jason Eck, I don't think he invented it, because uh, my Pop Warner team in, in middle school ran the exact same play. Wow. And the quarterback yelling at the sidelines well, pissed off. I'll tell you the whole story. When I was 12, 13, uh, the quarterback on my middle school team, junior football, was a kid named Jeff Bomberger, who later, when we went up to high school at Washington, became an outstanding tight end and linebacker. But it, back then when we were 12, he played quarterback. And he could not act. He was also 12 years old. <laughs> so when they're trying to explain to him, okay, we want you to go under center and then stand up and start walking towards the sidelines looking like you're confused and you're upset and you're walking to talk to the coach and then the center snaps the ball to the running back and he takes off. It's the exact same play. This is 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Geez, how old am I? Yeah, about 30 years ago when I was playing 12-year-old football. And I remember in, as a 12-year-old watching this in practice and going like, this is never going to work because Jeff's too stupid to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> I shouldn't say that's too stupid, but he was 12. You know, and we tried it in, in practice so many times, and Jeff just couldn't do it that we never ended up trying to run it in a game. We never did. Oh, okay. Um, and like I said, Jeff, to all his credit, became an outstanding football player at Washington High School as a linebacker. But the first time I was at a Jack's practice and I saw them trying this, I was like, Oh my God! It's the Jeff Bomberger play, <laughs> and uh, I was kind of thinking to myself, "Yeah, I was like, there's no way they're going to try that in a game." And then they did. I, again, I can't remember when they did it, but they they did it, and now they brought it out again here. And uh, they at, we we were, we were talking about it in the post game press conference. We were joking with Chris about how hard he had tried to sell it, and he made a bunch of jokes about Oscar winning acting and that kind of thing. Um, but Sacramento State, when they were in there, their coach was like, yeah, we have seen that before. We knew they've – because they've done it before. They'd seen it on film. It was like, good for them that the play worked. Is like, we were not fooled. They like, were prepared. We knew, we they knew just it. couldn't stop it. Well, they just – when he he when Chris started walking off the field, like, he didn't call timeout. You know, this is, they didn't fool anybody, which is fine. It still worked. You know, maybe it distracted them enough. You know, there were there, you could see some of the players, like, pointing, like, eh, I don't know. But Stig said after the game, he's like, I don't like that play. And uh, that was interesting. And that's not the first time Stig has said that. Throughout the course of the game, uh, Jack's fans on Twitter were getting really upset with Jason X play calling, which is, you know, they do that a lot. I mean, when this was the offensive coordinator, it was the same thing. Nature of the beast. You know the offensive coordinator is always the guy everyone hates. Yep. 
the, the offense can be averaging 500 yards and 40 points a game, which the Jacks do every year pretty much, and people are still always bitching about it. But I did think Jason made some weird calls, um, particularly in the second half when they have the lead, uh, you know, throwing on first down, and then they couldn't pick up the blitz, so Chris has to throw it away. Well, now incomplete pass stops the clock. Well, now it's second and ten. If you run it, then you have third and seven. Mm. If you throw it, you risk another incomplete pass, and then it's you know, and that's they just kept doing that over and over again. And you know, the lead is twenty-four to three, twenty-four to ten, and it's like okay, you don't need points necessarily, but just run some clock. Had they and been running the ball well? In the first half, they were certainly. I think they had one hundred and sixty yards in the first half. Okay. Now in the second half, Sacramento's defense made a lot of adjustments. They started blitzing more. And it's kind of hard to assess what's going on in real time. Having heard Stig talk about it again after the game and again this morning, sounded like SDSU just didn't do a very good job of adjusting to what Sacramento State was doing on defense. Stig did say he wished they'd run the ball more. I think I haven't talked to Jason Eck. I think he would probably tell you, yeah, I should have ran it more on first down a couple of those times. But, you know, you don't want to be predictable. You, you can't just run the ball on every play. You know, I had people in my Twitter timeline, like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah, we know. Pierre Strong. Uh, Isaiah Davis, but you can't just run it 15 times in a row. Having said that, if they had done that and just run it three times and punted, run it three times and punted, run it three times and punted, they would have run off enough, run off, yeah. run off enough time that it probably never would have got to 24-19. Yeah, that's what we call Iowa football, <laughs> or the New England Patriots last night. Yeah, which like yeah. that, I as an aside, and uh, I, 14-10 they win. I, at one point, I think they threw three or four passes, maybe six. I don't know. For the game? I, I, the yeah. Three. Three. Mac Jones was two for three. I saw the uh, box this morning. And I was, driving, I was driving home from work my, uh, at one of my jobs last night and just listening to Sports Talk Radio talk about the game, not listening to the game. And they were just like, yeah, it, uh, Mac Jones has thrown one pass. It's, it's the early fourth quarter, and this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick, this is Bill Belichick in every defensive-minded head coach's dream, like Mike Zimmer. This mm-hmm. is their dream to be able to just uh, jam it right down your throat over and over again, punt when it doesn't work, your defense stops them, and you're just rubbing it in their face. We can win without throwing the ball. And uh, and, and it ended up, ended up working out. And I wonder if that's going to – you know, you always wonder if a, a night in a game like that is going to make other head coaches, especially the defensive-minded mm-hmm. ones, go, oh. Well, but another thing I'll say in Jason X's defense is – as this is happening and Sacramento is coming back, you're kind of thinking this feels a little bit like Southern Illinois when they blew a 20 to nothing lead. Except in that game, it was the exact opposite. Uh, it felt like the Jacks were trying to just run the ball and be conservative, and they didn't, you know, sort of keep their foot on the gas, so to speak. And I, I remember saying after the game, they were too conservative when they had a 20 to nothing lead. Well, now in this game, um, he was not conservative. He was continuing to try to throw the ball in the second half. I think too many times. I think, like I said, without having talked to Jason, I think he'd probably tell you today, yeah, I should have ran it more times than I did. But again, the last time, what bit him in the ass was being too conservative. I think what he was trying to do was like, we're still trying to score points here. We're not just going to try to you know, go into the fetal position yeah. and run the four-minute offense for the entire right. second half. Sure. We want to score again. Because, frankly, all they needed was one more score, and the game was over. Yeah. One more touchdown, and that game is over. They didn't get it, and they managed to hang on. And I do think, you know, people who are like, oh, my God, fire Stig, fire Eck, like, calm down. You won a road playoff game against a seeded team when you're an unseeded team. There were people saying that? Oh, of course there were. Jesus. I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah. But um, it, I think it was a learning experience for the Jacks, for the coaching staff. 
Uh, they, 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 they got outcoached in the second half. That's not a, a, a sin to say that. They got outcoached. They did. But they still won the game. Yep. And now they have a chance to – Start over again against Villanova. Absolutely. And, the, well, the thing is, defensively, how did they play in the second half? I know they gave up 19. but what, what Pretty are some, well, what I are thought. Are, are, is there enough to be concerned about the Villanova game, well, both sides of the ball? Villanova has a pretty out? good quarterback and some good receivers, and SDSU's pass defense is pretty average right now. Uh, the pass rush is very good, and that's what they hang their hat on. And Don Gardner is outstanding. He had another great game. He still has the big club on his arm, and he's playing out of his mind. But – uh, the safeties aren't doing very well. The linebackers are really struggling in coverage, and they are still really reluctant to go to a nickel and dime defense at times. So they're leaving linebackers on the field, and they're chasing receivers downfield, and, and they're not covering them. Um, so Yikes. that's and, and Sacramento State's quarterback wasn't that great. I think a better quarterback maybe could have hurt him a little bit more. So I'm, I'm not saying like their pass defense sucks. In case Jimmy Rogers is listening to this, like he was in the spring, but um, <laughs> but but I I, Hi, Jimmy. I, I I think it's an area of concern. I, you know, I think they've been giving up a little too much in the passing game. And like I said, the pass rush has been very good. But when it's not, when when quarter quarterbacks have time, they've been able to pick them apart. How how. how how many coaches do you think listen to this? Or I have no idea. To this? I just, oh, remember okay. last in the spring, I made some comment that the Jacks' pass defense was below average or something. And Uh-oh. like two days later, I was at practice and I just walked past Jimmy and he he sh- shouts his defense like, "We better be better this week." Zimmer says we suck. <laughs> I mean, I think he was mostly just teasing me, but clearly he had heard it, so either he listened to yeah. it or someone told him. But I don't know. that reminds me of a Tim Miles story that I won't tell now, and you'll probably not remind me of because you don't want to hear it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, the, the uh, that's that's good. That's funny. By the way, for what it's worth, the other podcast I do, Move the Sticks with Curtis Riggs, which uh, will have a podcast this week. <laughs> did you see that Ryan Grubb has been hired I did. as both offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach? Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, mm. uh, yep. So I'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see where things are going with Curtis because he's been coy and uh, not coy. He's been he's been up front, but he's kind of like, yeah, there are a lot of moving parts going on. And uh, so he's not sure if he's well, headed he's not, off to Seattle. I was going to say, if he's not going to be the OC, which I didn't think he would, yeah. but if he's not going to be the quarterbacks coach either. Yeah. I know, and if that's the case, I wonder why he's just not telling me or telling you or telling anybody. Well, I mean, maybe like, I, it's not happening. That would tell me that maybe Kalen is trying to find or create a position for sure. him, and Curtis is like, well, I don't know. I mean, does he want to be the receiver's coach? Yeah. Does he want to be like an offensive consultant? I mean, at that level, Pac-12, the staff yeah. is enormous. Yeah. Kalen has endless resources. He could probably create some sort of, you know, what was Brad Childers' title with the Chiefs? Like the oh my passing God. game analyst it's, it's coordinator or something? I love, those, I love those hires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be something like that. Anything but quality control. Quality control is uh, code Means you're for. A bitch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was going to say coffee grabber, but yeah. Uh, yeah. that reminds me of a story when I was an intern at a country western station in Omaha when I was 19. But I, uh, when, when he asked me to get coffee, I was honored because I'd been sitting there the whole fucking summer doing nothing. <laughs> I was actually honored he had me to do something. The Lone Ranch Hand, by the way. He, he was a country radio host to call himself the lone ranch hand he was uh he was something anyway uh okay so as of now as of the recording of this podcast on tuesday at about 2 p.m we don't know if curtis is off to seattle to join kaylin or not we knew that was a possibility last week and we thought we were going to be outdated within you know within two hours of the release of the podcast mm-hmm. and nothing has changed uh we thought he was and uh, his silence even if he's he going and off there's like like he said himself apparently there are a lot of moving parts He's got to sure. figure out, you know, if he's selling oh, his house, what his wife's right. going to do, um, what he's going, what's going to happen with the storm, his rigs academy. Yeah. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. He could still end up going out there, and it could be two months before it happens. I mean, there's there's sure. a, a lot of red tape for him probably to get taken care of. Well, I, I was going to ask what would you do, but I, I already think I know the answer specifically for Matt Zimmer, what you would do with these choices. And, of course, financially we don't know what's, it, what's there, what might be there for him, and that always makes a difference. Which, by the way, I, I watched back some of the Kalen DeBoer press conference. I wish for once, because he's like, why Washington? And then he listed off five th- reasons why he took the job. I just wish for once, and maybe it's because we all know the answer. For once, they would go, because, you know, if you were making uh, 800 grand at one job and then were offered, do we know what he's making yet now? Uh, so only like 3.5. Okay, but fine. Still, if you yeah. were offered a job to do the same thing and make uh, three Four times, times as much, as much money, yeah. I don't care where it is at, if it's in hell or if it's in San Diego, yeah. you're like, yes, I'm taking yeah. I'm probably taking that job unless I'm, you know, shoveling shit or something, right. cleaning toilets. Well, to be fair, but uh, but I think we all know it's, you know, we don't. They don't there was an article. Need to do there was that. an article in the Seattle paper that quoted Curtis and uh, and Willie Sanchez too. But um, yes, it was like he because he can win a national championship here. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, absolutely, you can't win a national championship at Fresno State. No, and, and you can't it, even win one at Minnesota or probably Nebraska. You couldn't. Anymore. You couldn't win one. Uh, you couldn't win one at Washington State or and probably not Arizona State, where uh, the other two places mm-hmm. that I that we know he was talking to. Like he right. got the best of the three right. open Pac-12 right. jobs. And I'm not saying Washington like. You know, it's been a while since they've been yeah. that close, but they have been there. Well, they, yeah, they went to the play. I mean, they did literally go to the playoffs. And when mm-hmm. you're one of the last four teams, even though everybody yeah. knows it, it, most given years Alabama's going to, you know, be, win and win by a mile, mm-hmm. that uh, you made it there and you got closer than anybody else mm-hmm. can say uh, that you can get there. And we didn't talk much about this, about how great of a job Washington is. It's pretty good. Like, it's one of the top Pac-12 jobs. USC is by far the best. I, mm-hmm. I, I will never be convinced I called it a otherwise. top 20 job nationally. I think that's fair. Is that an arbitrary number? Or did yeah. You think about uh, no, that? I, that's fairly arbitrary. Well, I think part of what makes it is, again, within the last, I think it was five years ago, within the last five years, they made the playoff. They found mm-hmm. a way out of the Pac-12 to go undefeated, even if it's not a great league. And it's a mm-hmm. joke to a lot of people still. The uh, committee, the way it's done these days, the committee said, no, oh, Pac-12 team goes 12-0. and We're putting you. In. That's mm-hmm. good. And then they got throttled by mm-hmm. Ohio State. But who cares? Mm-hmm. You're giving yourself a chance, and that's the best chance you're going to get coming out of the Pac-12. Uh, it's got tradition, but it also has a, it has a long history of um, it has a long history of kind of almost, not not Minnesota Gopher level mediocrity, like eight and five, but a lot of like Steve Sarkeesian went. Six and six, seven and five. Every year he was there, mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually, I think they got rid of him. And I, actually, he got—I think he failed, or no, he got—he took the USC job. My my impression was he was kind of get—he was on the a bit of a, the seat was getting warm, and then USC's like, "We need a coach, and you coached here, so right. you come over here to relieve." <laughs> no, he's at Texas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but anyway, it's they've kind of been a lot like they've Tyrone Willingham took him to zero and twelve once. And that was like the low point, but but for the most part, they've been an eight, they've been a six, seven, eight, nine win school. Not bad, but it's not like they're they've got incredible tradition. But man, if you've, um, you, will you? I'm gonna guess you will either ask for or get an assignment to go cover a game if you can next year. Uh, for the Argus. I definitely want to go out there and, and do a story, whether it's at a game yeah. or maybe even in the spring or off season or something. But, yeah, I would their, like to do that. Their stadium, one of the best in the country, A, it's right on a lake and you've got mm-hmm. a view of a giant lake. B, it's got the rafters that hang over the seats because it rains all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it an, an indoor le- indoor yeah. level type of noise. And they love their football there. Kalen was right in the press conference when he said he was kind of – I think he was kind of alluding to other major cities that have uh, colleges – where it's obviously tough to be an attraction there. Miami, NFL cities, Miami yeah. 
Minneapolis, especially a place like Miami or L.A. where there's more, there's tons of more diversions besides pro sports. Mm-hmm. And in Seattle, there kind of is, not to the level of L.A. and Miami, but he, but he's right when it's like they, they give a shit about their football at Washington. Mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. looked at their attendance figures, but it's a big stadium. It's a loud stadium. It's a good tradition. They've got the, the sector of Seattle that loves its Husky mm-hmm. football, loves mm-hmm. its Husky football, and it's, a, it's, I don't know, top 20. It's a damn good job. So anyway, and, and so what would go back to the question? I mean, what would you do? You're Curtis Riggs. This is fun. Uh, what would you do? You've got a great, comfortable situation here in Sioux Falls where you do not have to deal with the hours and the stress and the recruiting and whatever modern way, whatever you have to deal with in the modern world mm-hmm. of dealing with both recruits, you know, and an elite 16 to 19 year old darlings, uh, you know, who, who some could be divas and beat their parents, their you know, their agents, uh, mm-hmm. whatever the, the the club level football plus boosters and mm-hmm. that's mainly a head coaching thing to do with but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes with this these great money assistant coaching mm-hmm. jobs in the highest level of college football and you've got a you've had a very good safe thing and you've turned down kalen everywhere mm-hmm. else he's been to join him the money would have to be really good if yeah. i was curtis to yeah. leave because between being the storm head coach and all the other side gigs he has and then his academy I'm I'm sure Curtis is doing fine financially. Oh yeah, and you know if he's not going to be the coordinator there, how much money are they going to pay him? You know how much does a position coach, or like we said, if they create some passing game analyst kind of thing, like yeah. is it going to be that much more than a hundred grand a year? And if that's the case, do you really want to uproot? I mean, he's been here a long time. You know, I'm guessing he owns his house. I don't know, but you know his wife's got to go, and his kids are grown up and in college. But this is still home base for them and from what I hear Peyton his son is going to go out there and be a GA for Kalen at Washington that's awesome um, and I'm sure that's another thing that Kalen or Curtis would have to weigh do I want to go out there and coach with my son be part of that and again it's Seattle it's you know Curtis is from Wyoming originally so he's somewhat you know familiar for being out west that's yep. kind of it'd be you know he'd be closer no, to, to no, home no, so there's to a thing to being a western person yeah, uh, to, to, to but liking, I just mean, yeah. I, you know, Curtis is what, 45, something like that? I mean, he's like 48. I, yeah. I can see him being like, ah, you know, kind of kind of done moving around. You know, I'm kind of ready to just stay here the rest of my but life. He's been staying here. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. I, you know, it, it, it's a it's a unique opportunity. You know, he has alluded to in the past to eh, maybe I'd be more interested if K- when Kalen gets to this level or that level. Um, and who knows? I mean, the last time I talked to Curtis about this, you know, he even talked about who knows, maybe Kalen will want to coach in the NFL someday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if that happens, then maybe it's more interesting to Curtis because he's a pro football guy. You yeah. know, I mean, he obviously the indoor football thing, he probably has some NFL connections there, but just also he strikes me as the kind of guy who would rather coach professionals, adults, because you don't have to do, you don't have to recruit. Right. You know, that's the thing. Most guys I've known, whether it's Kim Nelson or Curtis Riggs or these guys have had opportunities to coach college football and chosen not to, that was why. They don't want to spend their lives on the road recruiting. And if you're yep. coaching high school football or pro football, you don't have to do that. Right. Well, and they, you got to love that. It's, it's, kinda like, it's like being in sales. You just get, you got to be good at it and love it. And recruiting is sales pretty much. Mm-hmm. You, and there's people that are great at it and love Like Ed Ogeron I, has I, made a living out of it. I can't believe it. that there are people that do that. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, Ed, yeah. like, your, your king is Ed Ogeron. And he actually parlayed that eventually into a national title. Never that good of a head coach. But uh, you know, had you know, struck gold partly because he, I, I think he recruited a bunch of those guys that he won with at LSU, and yeah, you, and I, I'm guessing Kalen's a great recruiter. I'm sure Curtis would be a good recruiter. That's the deal. I mean, he has to recruit for the storm, but that's different. It's basically it, just making a phone call and saying, "Hey, come play here." You're right, and uh, but he also deals with. It's not like he hasn't been dealing with 
16, 17, 18-year-old kids. That's mm-hmm. part of what. That's part of how he makes a living. So fascinating. We'll see what happens. Uh, part of that, playing off of what you just said, is Ryan Grubb, because uh, what's I mean, what's our understanding? Sensing tea leaves, Ryan probably wanted the Fresno job, and I don't know if they've hired um, a new coach. Ted, Tedford's and, coming back, is what I heard. Okay. <clears throat> And uh, which is interesting because he just retired supposedly for health reasons. And yeah, they, yeah, no, what nothing. Go ahead. Oh, so no, and now he's up. I thought you were the one who just turned up the music. I was like, <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? yeah, like, yeah, yes. I, w- I would rather have people hear whatever the fuck this is <laughs> instead of us. Yes, they so if you're hearing, uh, we're, we're fine, we're using microphones, we're right, adults I'll, here, but um, got a little country tuning going on behind us. We didn't ask for it. It's okay. We still love the game. I, I don't think, uh, given that Ryan Grubb has never been a head coach, uh, I don't think there was a very realistic chance of him getting the Fresno State head coach job. He'd only been the offensive coordinator for one year. He wasn't going to get that job. So I think it makes sense that he's following Kalen out there. And there, were, But there was a feeling, right, that, okay, if Ryan – Get somehow got that job, yeah. then like okay, there's a there's a spot open for more of a spot open for Curtis both as a quarterbacks coach and Potentially. an OC. So, well, that, I thought maybe it would be Grubb as OC and Curtis as quarterbacks coach, and it turns out Grubb's doing both of those. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That, well, yeah, and that's uh, again that, that Grubb was, coached O line at Fresno. But let's say okay again, and this is just fun. This is all speculative. It, maybe it's a waste of time. But say Washington is good right off the bat because uh, they've been good. That you know they uh, Chris Peterson just retired. Uh, two or three years after he took him to the um, took him to the playoff, and he was a quality of life guy. He got out of it before he was sixty, like Bob Stoops. Okay, good for him. And then his replacement is this Jimmy Lake guy, who appeared to be a great coach and a big part of their success under Chris Peterson. But he fucked it up. Like he, there was, you know, there was these run-ins with players and other mm-hmm. there was other off the field things that eventually became a, an on field distraction when they were not not winning out of their ears and. Uh, it was an easy way for him to lose his job. But for it, it appears the personnel's good and the team's pretty good there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not like this is a rebuilding effort for Kalen. So let's just say they have a really good first year and Kalen follows suit to what he's been doing, I don't know, the last decade as a coordinator and coach, and they're really good. That might give Ryan more opportunities. Who knows? And then yeah. maybe that's what Curtis is waiting for. Again, it doesn't know. Help. Who knows? Okay. That's fun. That's, that's fun to think about. Back to the Jacks. All right. So Villanova is uh, – is are they a better are they a better or worse team than Sacramento State? I mean they're better. They are I think better. they're better. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're ten and, they're ten and two. One of their losses was to Penn State, and they didn't get killed by Penn State. They sort of hung in there. Um, so they only have one loss against FCS opponents, and it was a weird loss. It was at home to William and Mary, and William and Mary isn't that great. I think they went six and five. It was a game where uh, Villanova just had a bunch of early turnovers and fell behind thirty one to three. Came back, scored a couple touchdowns, but ended up losing thirty one eighteen. Okay. Well, so take that away. They're undefeated. Uh, they beat James Madison. James Madison's the number three team in the country, and that's James Madison's only loss. Ooh. And that was in uh, Harrisonburg. Ooh. So this is a quality Villanova team. Okay. The Jacks played Villanova in the playoffs five years ago. This is better. In Brookings. And that was kind of like, eh, you know. And the Jacks did not play well in that game, and they escaped with a 10-7 win. It was a snowy day. No one could really move the ball. Chase Vinatieri made a game-winning field goal. I remember thinking that day the Jacks – should have beat that team by two or three scores and were lucky to get out of there with a, a three-point win. This is different. I mean, they're going on the road, and we've established the Jacks are a really good road team. Um, and I kind of, through my own re- through my own research, came across uh, the Jacks have not lost an outdoor road game since 2017 when they got their asses kicked by James Madison in wow. the semifinals. So it's been all Fargo Dome. They, lo- they always lose indoors or at home. 
Yeah. When they're outdoors on right. the road, they tend to win. Um, so, you know, they're going to be – and I mentioned it on Twitter on they're Saturday. They're a great road team this year. They were very, very ready to play at Sacramento. I was yeah. down on the field before the game and was really struck by just they had the exact kind of mojo, for lack of a better word, that you would want to see. You could just tell, like – these guys are fired up, and they're gonna. And sure enough, they came out and were just gangbusters yeah, for the first half. Gotta give a little half. credit for scoring 24 points on Absolutely. the road and giving up zero in the first half of a playoff well, game. Well, they gave up a field goal right before halftime, so it was 24-3. Okay, sure, but, but yeah, but yeah, they. You could see that this team's ready to play, and they came out and, and did exactly that. And that's you attribute that to coaching a little bit to play that Absolutely. well, and look that prepared. One. Um, okay. Oh, I didn't know you turned it off. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> well, what did you leave off? When did I leave off? Just, yeah. Just before she came over here and asked oh, us if we want another this beer. Whole thing was on the record. <laughs> no. yeah, on the on. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, we just timed out the podcast to tell them to shut this goddamn music down, which we thankfully love they did. The gateway. Well, that's the great thing about coming to the gateway is they uh, we, absolutely we respect and love our the service. Whether but holy it's cow. the uh, yeah, it got a little loud. Sometimes it happens. Really loud. Yeah. You, you must be a bigger country music. Are you a Trace Atkins fan? Because no. you identified the artist here. I don't even know if it was him. It just oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's what it sounded it's a very like. Country music name, so you went like. for it. Old, yeah. It's an old country song. Maybe uh, Trace Atkins, uh, Conway Twitty, uh, George Strait. Maybe. You're revealing how little you know about country I music. I sure which is am. Fine. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, trivia. Uh, most fa- most you got to know this. I know you know. Most famous Villanova football player of all time. Howie Long. Oh, good. That was not, not, not even a hesitation. I don't know any other ones. Most famous William and Mary head coach. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Right? Mike Tomlin. I think Lou Holtz is a little more famous. Mm. Mike Tomlin's more famous and relevant now. I was going to say, you're, you just sound really old when you say that. Was Mike Tomlin the head coach at William & Mary? Actually, he, I think, I think so. he played at William & Mary, so so okay. it doesn't even count. Yeah, I meant and coach. I could be wrong. Okay. I could have swore Mike Tomlin played at William & Mary. So, but Villanova presents a, a, a stress through the air, a challenge with their passing game, and that could be a big, 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 big they're part very, of this. They're a very balanced offensive team. They run the ball. They're like 200 yards rushing and passing. Okay. Uh, their big thing, their defense is outstanding. They're uh, limiting, I think they're number three in the nation, like 250 yards a game, total defense. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. They stop the oh. run really well. Uh, they they hold opponents to less than 100 yards rushing a game, and that includes their one loss to William & Mary. They gave up like 260. So you take that game out, and it's an even lower number. They're very good at stopping the run. So this is going to be one of those games where it's, you know, strength against strength, and it'll be interesting to see, especially after what happened on Saturday, how Jason Eck approaches this because we've seen that at times – Maybe it seems like he tries to force it and continue running the ball. And then there's other times where it's like, dude, you know, run the ball, run yeah. the ball. And I, I'm not criticizing Jason when I say that. I, you know, I, I think he's done a good job of, of trying to find the right mix. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. And it's, on Saturday it worked in the first half and it didn't in the second. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Ah, uh, that's so eck. That's so eck. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, okay, we got two fourteen. What, what, how much time do you have? What about do you, five minutes. Okay, we got five minutes. Do you want to do? Do you want to do Jack's hoops, or do you want to do uh, when is Mike? Not if, but when Mike Zimmer is going to be fired and should be fired. Uh, Jack's I'm, hoops is hard to encapsulate. Yeah, in a few I minutes. Yeah, the men are playing very well. The women yeah. are really struggling. They're three yes. and six, which is outrageous for them. But as I wrote in today's paper uh they've been through a lot you know they were in florida and madison vlaston's dad died that's they were what there. that's what the thing was that yeah. canceled the game yeah. okay i mean his obituary is public so i think it's okay to say that's what happened um that's terrible obviously and she only played a couple minutes last mm. night and i can only imagine what the team is dealing with trying to you know recover from that uh and then maya Selland, who is 
working her way back forever from this injury, yeah. finally comes back, makes her debut, and in her second game back, separates her shoulder. <sighs> so, you know, that's a, that's a lot. Do for you know a how t- long for, that's going to be for her? Uh, turns out maybe not as long as they thought. Uh, AJ said last night she's not going to play the next couple games, but sounds like maybe conference play she might be ready. Yeah. So that's encouraging. Okay. But just think about for that team, they're in Florida playing in this tournament, and they have a, a, a family tragedy, essentially, something yep. like that, that that affects the whole team when yep. something like that happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, so they deal with that. Then they come back. They have to go to Northern Iowa and play just a couple days after that happened. They mm-hmm. lose there. Maya Sellen, like I said, they're, they were just waiting for her to come back, so excited she comes back, separates her shoulder. That's a lot of shit yeah, for a team a of, shit. of college kids to deal with. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of what my story was about today is how they're dealing with it. And I'm impressed. I mean, they're not feeling sorry for themselves. They're not – Saying, hey, leave us alone. We're trying to go through this. Like, give us a break. They're like, hey, the games go on. We got to play. Well, and plus. I think we all know AJ, he's going to get it going. You know, well, he will plus. figure out how to get that fixed. The good thing is down the road is there's a lot of forest to walk through here. But the uh, the fact is, even though they're 3-6, and six, they've beaten UCLA, a top 20 yeah. team. We'll see how good UCLA ends up being. That's right. a pack. That'll be probably what tier or quad or whatever one win. And uh, so you got that in the bank. Plus, if you uh, you don't even have to win the summer league tournament anymore, you just you know, they do win. this year. I think you think I mean, so. Six okay. losses already. Right. I mean, I could be wrong, but it's it's hard yeah, to envision. Like, it's hard to envision them being in that large team without. Things but if started. like they go sixteen and two or something like that, yeah, even maybe. if they finish second place, you're right. And you're right. Never say never. It's in the championship game. You you're might right. have that. It's well, let's just say that the the sun comes out a little bit more easily. Uh, for auto bids because that's happened the last two years. Two years? Yeah, two years in a row now the Summit League mm-hmm. has gotten both the Jacks and the Yotes in. All right, uh, yeah, Mike Zimmer, do you think uh, – I think they should fire him. Uh, they just wait till the season's over to fire yeah. him because uh, he could get fired. The, the chances of him getting fired will ramp up if they lose to the Steelers on Thursday night. And you could make a case maybe the Wilfs are waiting to fire him. Uh, like the Thursday night game saved his job just because it's such a short turnaround. Who yeah. knows? Because you lose to the Lions who are winless. We don't need to explain – and how they lost. We don't need right. to explain that. That's like no one would be – no one would be like, eh, how dare they fire Mike? It's like, yeah, yeah we get why they fired him. Yeah. So uh, – but here's – to, to me, it's you. Do you really want a situation where they're still clearly very full scale in the playoff hunt at five and seven? They'll probably be, beat the Steelers on Thursday night because this is the nature of this team. A, it fights for Zimmer. B, it's good enough and has enough offensive weapons to over to erase a lot of things and beat a team like the Steelers, who are not these are not the 1970s Chuck Noll Steelers. Mm-hmm. They get to six and seven. Um, so, but if they, yeah, but even if they fired Zimmer at, after they lose and they're five and eight, like they're five and eight, they're headed nowhere. No, they could still go eight and nine, and they'd be and they'd be going eight and nine with whoever they replaced them with, like Clint Kubiak or, or Andre Patterson, maybe. Andre pa- and then it'll be the Leslie Frazier syndrome. Players are playing hard for that guy. Sign him up for another year. Yeah. Don't go. Yeah. No, we need a we need a fresh start here. Yeah, I agree. That, that's I, I'm never a big fan, really, of, of NFL teams firing a coach midseason, F- football in general. I just think it's so much different than baseball or basketball or hockey where a lot of times you fire a coach to try and you know light a fire under the team or, or yes. whatever. And in football, it's like, no, this entire franchise is based on this guy's philosophy, this guy's schemes, this guy's everything. If you yep. get rid of him, you know that it's an entirely different thing. I'm not saying it can't happen, and it, it has worked, obviously, in – certain situations but and also just I think Zimmer's kind of earned that I guess I mean it's falling apart now and what happened on the final play against the Lions the other day you do have to kind of wonder all right what the hell's going on like just how does that even happen have you seen who his new girlfriend is 
Yes. Have you seen that? Do, yes. Is there part? Of, there, there's. I think you, we, sometimes we sometimes we cycle over analyze body language and demeanor, but the way he is on the sidelines, the way he is in his post game press conference, he used to. A, he used to just blow out not only his team, but like individuals. He uh-huh. was not afraid to do that. I think because of job security and because to to if he wants this job going forward, he needs the players on his side so he doesn't want to call them out. Uh, but also, maybe this is the look of a man who either knows it's probably about to end and he's fine because he's financially comfortable, he's 67 or whatever, probably not going to get another head coaching job. And now, I mean, we don't know the extent of this beautiful 40-year-old Instagram model wife he has, or I should say girlfriend he allegedly has. I don't know. Seems to seems to line up for a guy that would be A-OK, and he's, 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 he's A-OK with whatever. Not that he's not doing his job or he doesn't care, but maybe there's a contentness here. Of I, the think, uh, I think he knows it's probably over now. Yeah. Um, when they came back to win, when they got beat the Packers, it was kind of like, oh, hey, maybe he's going to get it turned around. Now these last two losses, we all know what's happening. And every coach in the NFL knows that if essentially they're hired to be fired. Yep. You know, the number of guys who can leave on their own terms is incredibly small. And this will not be this will not be a get your ass out the door right now, pack your shit. This no. will this will just be thanks for the memories. You, no. Thanks for your he service. He will be remembered well, just like yeah. Denny Green and Jerry Burns and some of the other guys who Never got to a Super Bowl, but right. did a very nice job. Ron Gardenhire. He's fine. Thing. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate your time, as always. Quit thanking me. This is partly... I'm the co-host. Yes, but, you know, <laughs> as you've stated, you don't have to do this, and you wouldn't even be that sad if you didn't, so... Both of those things are true. Okay, then thank you. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. <laughs> you guys need a round of drinks? Yes. Yeah.